Welcome to Look See, the podcast for the art curious in Richmond and beyond. I'm Paige Goodpasture. Richmond is without a doubt an artistically rich city, and that abundance sometimes allows for fantastic collaborations. The current exhibition at Sediment Arts, Household, is an exquisite example of that. Organized around their collaborative publication, Household, the exhibition features paintings by Joan Gausted and photographs by Michael Lease. But it doesn't end there. Joan and Michael, curator Amber Aceva, and sediment owner Claire Zitzo mix and blend to make a gallery collage that includes not only the works from the book, but also items large and small chosen from Joan's home, enlarged images of Joan's written reminders and remembrances, and more. The result is a creative story of all four, intimate and immersive. I spoke with Michael, Joan, Claire, and Amber at Sediment. I am here at Sediment Gallery with lots of fascinating people to talk about this amazing hybrid project, book project, art installation, gallery, show. So I'm going to get you guys to introduce yourselves. I'm Michael Lease, and I am a photographer, and I sent a postcard to Joan about six years ago after the birth of my son, asking her if she would collaborate with me on a book project. Claire Zitzo, director of Sediment. I facilitated the show and was happy to work with Amber and Michael in curating the works and going over to Joan's house and meeting her and getting to know her work as well. I'm Joan Gausted. I'm an artist. Michael and I worked on a book together, and it became this show curated by Amber at Claire's wonderful gallery. I'm Amber Aceva, a curator who worked on the show with Michael, Claire, and Joan. I have a relationship with Michael and Joan for some time now, and really am in awe of the projects that Claire has done here, so. Michael, I am going to ask you to read the note that you sent to Joan that is also the first words that we see in the book that uh, resulted from this project. Hi, Joan. I was just looking at this picture and fantasizing about a collaboration. What if I take pictures of parts of your house like the attached picture, and you write reflective sentences, paragraphs, or essays, your choice, about the images. We could make this into a modestly produced book. It could have many pictures and many words, or just a handful of pictures, say five to seven, and many words. I like the idea of doing this because I love pictures with words and captions. My newspaper addiction is evidence. I love your house and the love and history that drenches each nook, cranny, and ledge. And I love how you tell your stories about your life with Jerry. Just something for you to chew on. I look forward to hearing from you. XO, Michael. So Joan, when you got that note from Michael, can you tell us a little bit about kind of how you received that? Well, I love the idea, but it just sort of, you know, I dropped the ball, but then suddenly it seemed that my house was kind of caving in and urgent measures needed to be taken and I said if we're going to do this we need to do this now and he came over did you do it just on a lunch break with your beautiful camera and tripod and took these pictures and then you gave them to me as snapshots 
to begin with. And I laid them out in a line on the floor and they seemed to, as well as each picture evoking a story, it seemed to make a whole story as the, as the pictures lined up. That was the beginning and sort of took it from there. As I looked at the photos in the book, the images in the book, each one of them really does tell a story. They're very complex. The first image in the book is this image of, what is the name of the plant? Night-blooming cirrus. And it's this crazy plant with a mind of its own that's in one of the windows in your house, and it has also a photo within it. Well, the photo is of it blooming, and a friend had given me the plant and the photo, and I guess I sort of thought it would give the plant the idea this is what you're <laughs> supposed to do, but I didn't think anything about it. I just put things around my house, and, and Amber had sort of said the house itself was kind of like a collage, but Michael's such a noticer. He just thought this was fascinating and took a picture of my picture in the plant. Each of these images seems to be a very complex story in and of itself. There's so many layers to that. There's Michael's image and and his eye and, and how he frames it and what he noticed. And there's also your choices of where you put things and how long you leave them there for and and why and all of that and Amber I love that idea of the house being a collage to your eye so can you tell us about that idea Mm -hmm. and about how you and Joan connected to begin with yeah so the connection started through Michael um, and through kind of just being in Richmond in a small kind of art city and it started with a studio visit of course it started with my time spent in the house and these parties that Joan just mentioned, but officially in the studio visit. And I was really fascinated with the way in which Joan just lives, you know, but it was evident to me in her studio. It was almost as if time operated differently and she was just so careful and then so, this is cheesy, but like so absolutely creative with the way that she saw the world, the way that she saw the smallest little object from a newspaper clipping to a candy wrapper or anything like this. And I was just blown away with this way of living, way of making that was just so youthful and so open and curious. With professional artists and professional curators, this sensibility goes away pretty quickly. Even in myself, there's this joke that like people spend a lot of money to go to MFAs to become kids again. And Joan has this way of retaining this, and I was really fascinated with this process. I guess collage as a metaphor works in this process because I was here as a really young student um, starting my career as a curator while Michael was working at the Anderson Gallery and was a huge mentor to me and Joan was here as this kind of, you know, beacon of light, this source of party, this, you know, inspiration. And there was like a kind of collage in time there with where we were living, what we were doing, and ultimately like how amazing that we're all here at this one point where we were kind of divergent, but still sharing this community. And I think that's really a symptom of the kind of relationships and art world that exists in Richmond that I think is really beautiful and really hard to keep alive in another city where, I don't know, things like competition and other things get in the way. 
And so when we did the studio visit, first by myself, we looked through books. I just looked through her studio and her stuff. There's a fine line when the studio walls become source inspiration, and then I just go to a bookshelf, and it's actually just her whole house. It's not just her studio. And then we did this walkthrough with Claire and Michael, in which we're kind of rummaging through her, her things, which was a really pleasant experience that it was important to try and recreate this sense of collage overlapping times in life, whether it's the photographic memory of a a death versus a new life, which was a really incredible process that we tried to, and I think succeeded in ways in the exhibition to recreate. And Claire, as Amber was describing this this sense of, of youthful creativity and freedom from... I don't know, rules and expectations that sometimes we impose on ourselves or are, are imposed on us as we, quote, grow up. I was thinking that to me, that is a great description of sediment and its role, which is fairly recent, in Richmond as a, an art space, a gallery space. Can you talk a little bit about sediment and your inspiration for creating this space and then about your connection to this project. Yeah, I guess I'll try to at first just bring it into the context of the show and why I was so interested in doing this show because of some similarities of ways of working that I feel like Sediment really appreciates or wants to support. Not only the books and collaboration, which we, we love to do at Sediment, not only extensions of shows, but you know how can we publish works that can exist outside of an exhibition where oftentimes, yeah, a white-walled gallery space feels quite sterile and the energy and the life of a show just exists for, you know, four weeks or something. And that's always kind of traumatic (laughs) um, in running a space, too. And people just moving through, like, you know, I get to know people for a certain amount of time and, you know, connections might last for a bit. But this show is so special considering the life that Michael and Joan lead in this city, how important they are as as figures of support and light and inspiration for others, and also their their process in creating the book and working together and seeing the energy and life in I want to say the everyday, but there's so many there's so many things I want to say. The term collaboration, the term everyday, that just I just wish I had better words for at this point. Sediment's primary goal is to open a space for artists. Joan gave me a book, Sophie Cal book that was inscribed. Yeah, two stories. That was she wrote me a note. Thank you for providing a space for stories. It's like, yes, you know, and not that every exhibition is about storytelling necessarily, you know, as, as an art form, quote unquote, but that hopefully they generate larger intersections with life. I am just also very fascinated with the way that creative people live their life and continue. It's just a, the world is so difficult to live in. You know, there's so many conflicts and trials and beauty. I mean, that's why also Michael and Joan's collaboration is so wonderful. Michael said it at one point, maybe he'll say again, <laughs> but he was at a point of, well, he tried to pick the word, and I filled in <laughs> abundance, I guess, with a, a new child. You know, his life was starting anew with that creation, and Joan was at a point of kind of loss and trauma with the household, but also physical ailments. But they were able to come together and create something that it doesn't hold up loss and gain as dichotomous things in life. It's just like these are 
a, a cyclical process. There's gain and abundance wherever you can look. Yeah, I'm trying to, to draw all that together, but I, I do hope that sediment is a place where we can support experimental ways of working, but that also generate outside of, you know, just a work on a wall. So the book was the the beginning, or Michael's reaching out to you about taking the photographs, was the beginning of this project, and that became a book, which is a lovely book of images and, and your words in different forms. The You know, I love the way that the, the words take different forms. They're in your handwriting sometimes, and sometimes they're in these beautiful kind of transparent overlays. And But the show here at Sediment is so much more than that. It's like the next step. It's another step in this collaging process. And it includes your own work as an artist, Joan, and your your paintings from, you know, a previous era in your work as an artist and these amazing prints. And that all is collaged with Michael's photographs that are printed on a large scale. And then Amber and Claire and Michael, I'm sure all, actually all four of you's work in arranging things from your house, Joan. So I'd love to talk a little bit about that progression, how this project went from taking photographs to making a book to then being this, you know, it's it's another thing in and of itself, this exhibition at Sediment. So Joan did a wonderful thing, and I think you could describe Joan's way of working as a sort of raging fire. As Joan works and she paints in her life, is there's, there's a fire, there's a, an immediacy. And I'm, I smolder, and I've smoldered for a while now. I've probably smoldered for a good 12 years, probably, of my life. It relates to me, the idea of photographs being something that I very much believe are moments in time and that you sort of have this lingering moment that follows you and and to me that's a smolder right I have my first picture I ever took of Felix will smolder until the point where I'm long dead and he will look back on that and hopefully be able to reflect that that's like the first picture of him ever to exist so that's a smolder and so fortunately Joan's burn her like wild burn made the book happen because I probably would have let it take another like six years And she made it burn during a point in my life and Amber's life that we were so consumed with anything but, say, an interior sort of existence or sort of an artistic existence. We were opening an institution. It was literally a couple of weeks before the ICA opened that Joan had the books printed. And I just want to interject, Michael and Amber both work at the ICA VCU, which is just recently opened, for those who don't know that. Joan started giving the books away to friends <laughs> and to future patrons. And, and I just thought, well, a book is such an occasion to have an event. It can't just show up. We have to do a thing. We have to write a press release and all of those things. But Joan kept giving books away. And so we <laughs> started thinking about an exhibition. So when Joan and I first talked about having an exhibition about the book, Joan's first response was, well, we should have all of your photographs are going to be what's in the show. So I am someone that designs exhibitions and oversees the installation of exhibitions, but the idea of having an exhibition of just my photographs 
when they were of Joan's house and of Joan's work to me was just like dead in the water. And I was like, <laughs> absolute, like absolutely not. That's not what I want. I basically said, like, if that's what we're going to do, I'm not having a show. And the book is just what the book. So then Joan said, well, we could do your photographs and then my prints, Joan's most recent work. So I love photographs, right? And I love prints. However, thinking about an exhibition of mine and Joan's lives sort of colliding together, I tried to imagine a print, which is something, you know, on a beautiful watercolor paper here, Hannah Mueller, whatever that paper is. It's a beautiful paper, but it's still this flat version of something that actually has some texture and some depth to it, which is what photographs are, right? And so I thought, no, we can't, it can't just be photographs and prints. Again, it's all flat. We need some dimension. We need to somehow capture some of the vitality of your house, your work, maybe the relationship between us. And I was like, no, it needs to be paintings. It needs to be, I don't know, it needs to be more than, than just photographs. And so the idea of being able to curate or gather together and be a part of a show of Joan's work, which I have loved for a good eight or nine years, was just too good of an opportunity. And so it ended up making me think, like, okay, I'll show my photographs, but, like, I'm going to show my photographs amidst Joan's paintings. The idea of the two of us sort of having worked commingled on the wall and, like, what we could do in terms of material that I might make my photographs into in order to maybe contrast some of the depth and the substantial nature of a painting on a board or something like that or a book and that became very exciting. Michael, this is Joan, the idea that you had that really really excited me, I think all three of you had, was the book is called Household to make the show actual house, to have the futon bed that countless students had piled on and just, you know, the books that are stacked on the floor at home or stacked on the floors here. And then, Claire, you mentioned loss, and one of the things you said to me about the book, which I had not really thought about, I mean, you've only said it to me recently, is you're having a child at the time that I lost my mate, and it was sort of profound loss. And I also didn't realize till I finished the words you said this book is full of death, and I was like, oh, yes, right, I see that. And uh, I think that all of you kind of captured that in the space. It's very bright and colorful, but as you go closer and deeper, there's a, a sort of a wedding little silhouette made by Myron Helfgott, and then this little funky sculpture of my father's with a hand. And I don't know, Claire, if you did this intentionally, but the hand, the red hand, is in front of Jerry, not totally negating him, but obscuring him. And then again, Amber, I don't know if you did this intentionally, but that red hand and then a red hand in the painting, it's sort of, I feel interpreted. All of you made me look at my work so differently, interwoven with Michael's photos and this beautiful space. The synergy that has been created between the four of you, all working together on this project, all with different life experiences and points of view and different ways of looking at your work, Joan, and Joan looking at the three of you as artists and curators and enriching your own perceptions of yourself is a really amazing, beautiful creation to have come out of this. The show itself 
is their art. I did not touch anything. I made one suggestion that was completely, you know, no, they all, no. And so that was it. I, I often ask people what the most awesome scenario for their life might be, and I thought, this is my awesome scenario I never even dreamed of. It's, it's just been so wonderful. A lot of times when you're working with artists, like one of the things that allows you to either make something that's really incredible is trust. And with Joan allowing us to interpret her life, allowing us to go through her things is something that's very rare. So I think that Joan's ultimate like trust and openness to us doing this allowed for this product in the end. I don't know that that's always the way that artists and curators work, and it, and it, it would be, I think, incredible for that to happen. As a curator for and a creator of this exhibition, Amber, what were some of the things that you were thinking about as you were looking at Joan's work and House and Michael's work and thinking about how this was all going to become? I would say one of the things for me that was most important was to, to retain this idea, the sensibility of collage, the sensibility of the way that Joan works or even the way that Michael photographs Joan's life or objects and making sure that every instance of Joan's collage and Michael's photography has a point of intersection um, and therefore collage, that, I think that was important for me. Joan and Michael's work overlaps, touches, connects, like, for example, there's this amazing painting that's painted on what looks like a piece of countertop, and it's really amazing, and it's lying sideways, boosted by some books chosen by you guys, and uh, laying against Michael's photographs, which are mounted flatly on the wall, and, and that was important to you, Michael. Absolutely, and I think, for me, photographs, they're objects of love. I photograph often as a form of love and what happens when you're post-processing a photograph is you often enlarge an image to have a better idea of what it is that you actually documented. And when you start to do that, and regardless of whether it's um, a detail from someone's house or whether it's someone's portrait, for me a connection sort of grows between myself and the person whose objects are themselves that are documented. So if they are these sort of talismans or proof of like the time, the care, and the love that may exist for like my emotion or my feeling for Joan, the idea of them sort of just laying on the wall as flat as possible. There's a loving of the wall, there's a loving of the experience, and then there's this sort of loving motion of having Joan's work on top of my work. There's a want for me to show that this isn't possible without Joan, and so providing sort of the support for a painting, I think is kind of interesting. And is it an embrace of sorts? Joan doesn't need my support at all, right? She doesn't need my help in order to be the person that she is. But the idea that I could interweave what I do with Joan, I think that was very much sort of the intention from the beginning, is that we could make something together and what would that actually be like? And so here we are making an exhibition together. Like I knew immediately that the painting you mentioned, this sort of, I always call it recumbent Jerry, but you know, I know John Ravenault said it was like a Fayum tomb painting, and it is this, it's sort of a deceased Jerry. When we started thinking about this space, I imagined that painting pretty much exactly where it is, and I imagine those images of pussy willows being on the wall and large, and then that painting sort of laying against it. And I just needed 
I needed that to happen, and I sort of needed that to kind of anchor and start the show, that and the futon. And Claire, as you think about this process of creation within your gallery space, how do you approach that, and how did you approach it specifically for this show? Yeah, I, I mean, for this show, it, it really evolved when Amber first wrote the email introducing me and, and Joan and talking about the project. I was like, oh, wow, this sounds great. You know, what an awesome team. They can just go for it, <laughs> you know? And I had a lot of trust in the three of them at first, and I kind of see myself as facilitating... I mean, I really do feel like this whole whole building, I just try to, to foster like a good feeling that artists can work with and offer just that space. And so a lot of that is behind the scenes and I generally like to just kind of be more behind the scenes. But I mean, it turned into just being going to Jones's house and it, it being such a, a special, more intimate kind of situation than I've ever had before for a show here. Being your space, this is Joan, you you could have ideas like, Michael, you were not sure you were going to show the photos of the writings, and you said, we could put them on the floors. They were your floors. You could make that decision. Uh, you had this idea of putting these three mantles, you know, sort of giving a, even much more of a sense of home. And you found them and refurbished them and fitted them. And I don't know whose thought it was to put the photos in the fire. That was Amber. <laughs> it just, uh, it definitely was sort of this dance between the three of you that was beautiful for me to watch. But I think it being your space, you could say things that we might, might not have thought of. You said it very well about you're sort of facilitating and I think sediment does feel it does feel very welcoming and there is a lot of behind the scenes in terms of how well Claire creates a space for artists to work everything from the organization of the basement in terms of when you're looking for thumbtacks and they're all really nicely labeled and and they're not all brand new either they're like there's there's all of this sort of worn there are these worn objects around here like the step stool and everything has its place everything is cared for and and I say that I guess in part to say too that Claire never said no to us I don't think we put too many demands on you but Claire never said no and pushed it even a little further by suggesting that we have mantles or suggesting that we put things on the floor. And that's powerful. Amber and I are both coming from an institution where we can't stick anything on the floor. You know, we, we have a lot of rules when you work in, you know, a museum. There are a lot of rules and there are a lot of reasons why people can't do things. So there's a certain freedom to putting this exhibition together that I don't think we really get to experience on a daily basis. And, and that was another part of this whole experience, you know, getting to have sort of a more playful experience with Amber has been really good because that's kind of not how our lives are all the time, which is okay too. It's okay that that's not always what it is, but it's, you know. And again, that just makes me think of Amber, what you said a little while ago about Jones ability to retain this youthful creative energy that has been so inspiring for you and you know you all have all recreated that experience here and and again Claire I think you do that all the time in this gallery space so in the book there are different ways that the that your mostly your words are presented sometimes they're sticky notes 
One of the sticky notes had this quote about art. Art, reduce the distance between two humans. I just hear these little bits of things on, you know, NPR and jot them down. And I thought, I should start writing who said this, you know. And I, I, that was not a visual artist. I think it was a poet. I think that part of the trait that a lot of curators have in the way that they are professionalized is that when you're identifying your niche, it's usually to be done to distance yourself from other people, to not be like another person. So to, in order to be original or to be different, you're actually creating distance language-wise and through your art between two people. And I always found that to be troubling. And it didn't allow for one to be operating in a, a realm of complexity, one to have more than one interest, to have more than one collaboration. Because then if you're kind of a curator for moving diasporic images, you work with artists that do that, and then you're closed off. And so. I think this idea of collaboration as a way of getting closer to one another and maybe as a way of breaking down the kind of boundaries that professionalization brings to, and militancy that it brings to your practice is like really important. So I introduced myself as a photographer and I'm such not a photographer and I guess I'm sort of pinging off of what Amber just said. So one of the things I always experience is every time I have a show, there's always this conversation. I had it multiple times the other night where people are like, so, I mean, I um, haven't seen your work. I mean, I've seen shows of yours, and um, this is like, you know, I mean, I don't know if I've really ever seen you do something like this, or, I mean, I remember that show, the one of all the high school pictures, and how could you ever take your, your myriad interests and distill it down into one direction, right? So my saying that I'm a photographer sort of undercuts the idea that I'm not just taking pictures by any means. Just as Amber doesn't want that one niche, I don't want that niche. And I think that for me, it does have a lot to do with, with lessening that distance between people. And I think that that is the thing. Like if you were to look at all the different work I've done since I've been in Richmond, that's probably the one constant thread between all of it. And Claire? You know, this idea of, of art's role in, in connecting us or not. Is that something that has been a part of your practice as a creative person? Yeah, I mean, I like to work with artists that do that, even if they're maybe not thinking directly or didactically about community. But living a creative life and sharing that and opening at that to people, like being vulnerable within that is so important because there are too many gaps. <laughs> I mean, for me, when I read that quote, and now having heard everything that you all have said today, so Joan, I was just thinking about you know your, your explanation of your prints and, and the fact that you were open to the comment that the art student made about the test strips and that you incorporated those into your work, to me, that's reducing the space between two humans, you know, whereas not everyone would be open to that or would feel like they should be open to that, you know, like, oh, this is about me, and I need to be the one who is responsible, you know, for doing this. And, and Michael, I think your, not only your work as an artist, but your work as a human is about reducing the space between humans and you know, not only are the words, Joan's words, present in this exhibition, but, you know, there's layers and layers and layers, collage of, of connection here 
when you bring in a mantle, you bring in psychology, right? You bring in like, this might be the mantle that they had in their house, right? Or if you bring in a tchotchke or a pocket watch, or you bring in a book that they might own, good exhibition design slows people down and it gets you to stop and I think handwriting does that I think books do that I think of course like the paintings and the photographs do that but in a way by having all of these other things again we're sort of we're using such a big bag of tr tricks <laughs> you know and devices in order to slow you down and to try to have you have a personal connection and so you do that and it's a way to sort of take away a little bit of the veneer that we all have. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to come and talk with me about this exhibition today. Thank you. Household is on view at Sediment Arts through November 11th. Check out our website, lookthensee.com, for more information about this exhibition. You can also find a comprehensive calendar of art events, thought-provoking writing about art and artists in Richmond, and video peeks into artists' studios and process. The Look See podcast is a production of Look See, an online forum for the visual arts that aims to engage the art curious. You can find all of our podcasts and more on our website, lookthensee.com. I'm Paige Goodpasture, and thanks for listening.